0: Through portraiture, you can really invite people to look inside. Not only you, you see them inside, but you invite them to have a reflections and a new perspective or, or, or to rediscover who they really are.
1: print friends, and welcome. I'm your host, Miranda Metcalf. Each week, I chat with artists who use print-based media to do something beyond the expected. This is a bilingual podcast, so if you subscribe to us, you'll be getting episodes in English with me, as well as in Spanish with Ronaldo Gil Zambrano. Together, we speak to printmakers around the globe about their practice and passions in the world of printmaking. Hello, Print Friend is brought to you by Speedball Art Products. Offering quite possibly the best thing to happen to relief printing, their Woodzilla Press. Beautifully made in the Netherlands, these uniquely engineered presses perfectly combine superior craftsmanship and performance at a price that makes them accessible, whether you're a seasoned printmaking pro or just new to the craft. Available across five sizes, each Woodzilla Press is precisely manufactured from heavy-duty steel and designed to apply uniform pressure without undue work or stress for the artists and still guaranteeing a beautifully printed result at the end of every reveal. Check out these beauties through the link in the show notes. This episode of Hello Print Friend is also brought to you by McLean's Printmaking Supplies, who've been dedicated to the art and artists of relief printmaking since 1979. The Small Specialist team in the Pacific Northwest is the leading supplier of Japanese relief tools for printmakers in the U.S. and abroad, whose primary purpose is to help you find the materials and support you need to reach your printmaking goals. Our editor, Timothy Pauschak's two favorite tools are his potatsuwaro san Kakuto 3mm V-gouge and his Josoi-maruto 1mm U-gouge, both from McLean's. But you don't have to take our word for it. These tools speak for themselves. So head on over to McLean's at imcleans.com and find your new favorite tool and keep on carving! My guest this week is Manuela Laura. Manuela is a Colombian artist making beautiful portraits of female social activists in her country. We talk about how her grandmother's illness brought her back to making portraits through Linocut, how she goes about collaborating with her subject to create incredible images of powerful women, and paper-making with the fibers from the different regions of Colombia. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and prepare to sit pretty with Manuela Lara. Hi Manuela, how's it going? Hi. Hi, nice to nice to talk to you again.
0: <laughs> yes, you
1: too. You too. I feel like I, this is probably a first in kind of how we met in the, you know, now almost 150 episode history of the podcast is that, wow. you know, you and I met in person uh, at Art Week. Mm-hmm. And I actually came to the booth that you were showing your work in because I went to go see a Thai artist who wasn't there, but then I was just absolutely drawn in to the work that you were doing and your story and I'm really excited to get a chance to share it with the listeners of Hello Print Friend.
0: Wow, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you there, to meet such an amazing people in at the booth. And I'm really happy for your invitation to this amazing podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. So <laughs> before I get into the question, could you introduce yourself and just let people know who you are, where you are, and what you do. Great. Um,
0: I am Manuela Lara. I am an artist from Colombia, South America. Um, And I work with different mediums, photography, painting, drawing, um, antique photography, and um, yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And then, um, so... Where did you grow up and what role did art play in that part of your life? Um, I grew up in Cali, Colombia.
0: Cali is... Well, I was born in Bogota by my parents moved to Cali when I was around four years. And uh, we moved there. Cali is a very warm city uh, near the Pacific coast of Colombia. And uh, yeah, I grew up uh, in a very artistic family my parents are not artists they are um educators but they always loved art Mm. so my house was always full of beautiful paintings they like they really dedicated to create an amazing um, and beautiful environment and i will say not only beautiful but but meaningful like er every. Like I could see since I was little how they uh, choose every object that was in the house mm-hmm. and they put it like, you know, like very with with detail, with love in every part of the house. So our house was like, a, I don't know how to call it, like a place of love, of color where, yeah, I think that was like my, my first approach to art. I even... um Asked them um, um, in my thesis when I was at university. My thesis was about the story of my family, and uh, in that, uh, in, in the interviews I had with them, uh, they both told me that the first house that we lived in when I was born was very, very bad. Oh. <laughs> very, like they didn't have so much money. and the house was like in a very bad condition mm. and they like they, they renovated all for my for my uh, coming to the world which I think it's so beautiful mm. and they made everything like so very like handmade with the with the budget they have I guess yeah. and so they painted the um, like the, the recipient for for plants mm-hmm. the recipients mm-hmm. for plants they they paint them like by hand with and designs of artists and my father uh, uh, made the bathroom and everything was like very like detailed and handmade so when they told me all of those details about the renovation of the house On, on a budget yeah. i real i realized that maybe i have that pi- passion for for images images and for um beauty mm-hmm. from them you know like from from the yeah to to realize that it's it's not a fact of how much do you have, or but it's a fa- it's a fact of the the love you put in the in the spaces and how you create the spaces, the beauty, and how you can create something out of nothing. And I mm. think that's that that was like my very very first approach to art. <laughs>
1: oh, I love that! I think that's such a beautiful story and so apt, you know, and so and and what I mean by that is that like I think people often think about art like oh i had to have you know been taken to the louvre as a kid or i had to you know something like that but really you know art is just intentionality and creating Mm -hmm. and paying attention to things and altering the world around you and Mm -hmm. you got to just grow up with that is is so beautiful yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I'm so, lo- so blessed yeah. by, by my parents.
1: Yeah, That's lovely. And so you said in school you did a project that was about your family. Were you in art school at the time? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I went to art school in Bogota. So I grew up in Cali. Then I came back to Bogota when I was 18 and I studied visual arts um, with focus on audiovisual. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in my my thesis was about my family. Um, it was something. It was a great story because um, I first started doing other projects in painting, painting friends and everything for for the for the thesis. But then my grandmother, who has been my both of my grandmothers, have been I I would say the two more influential people in my life. Yeah. <laughs> So one of them, my mother's mom got sick and she had like, uh, yeah, she was at the hospital. So I got to spend so much time with her. Like, yeah, just with her, like having talks at the at the hospital and then she stayed with us at the house when she came out of the hospital. So um, that was like, I was like in the middle of my thesis. You know, the thesis is one year long. In my university, so I was like uh, six, six months of the of the, the, the of the process. So um, I had really nice talks with her, and I realized that I wanted to change completely the topic wow. of the of the um, thesis
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> in the middle, and so I decided to do to do it about my family story, and she was a great storyteller. Uh, and, and, yeah, after our conversations, I realized in that moment it was more important to talk about my family than other things. Because, you know, I was in a moment that I thought that I felt that I needed to rediscover myself. And part of that rediscovering was uh, knowing my family's story. So uh, everything changed and I ended up doing a series of um, grava a printmaking, mm-hmm. linoleum printmaking with pictures of the family and and audios of them telling the stories. So I made an installation with radios, like old radios, mm-hmm. where you could hear them, uh, all all their stories. So yeah, that was.
1: Oh, that sounds beautiful. And so were you yeah. introduced to printmaking when you were in art school? Actually at the thesis. Okay, really? So you wait until <laughs> yeah. the thesis yeah. to jump in. <laughs> to jump
0: in everything. Yeah. I'm like very I like to yeah, like break all all the rules I made. I, I break them. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So um that was I had a friend at university and she she was really good at print uh printmaking. I have never done it before. Like never so she invited me to her studio in, in the same days that uh, that my grandma was at the hospital everything happened in, like at the same time and she said like yeah why don't you come and I teach you how to make a uh, linoleum and I was like great so yeah. I brought a picture I was like into the mood of the family and everything so I brought a picture of my mom pregnant of me with me and i made it like in one day just talking with my friend at her studio and then i in the afternoon i went to meet um nicolas my uh thesis director and he was like wow this is so cool (laughs) you should continue doing this we should do something like this for the thesis and i was like yeah this is the perfect connection like I can change the topic, and I can change because <laughs> <laughs> I was doing <laughs> paintings before. So really, we changed it, everything, and it was amazing, amazing. The the thing with my family story was also very interesting to me because um, I, you know, when I had well, my mom and my dad had like a very big album, like really big of, of pictures of. Like all my pictures from when I was little till I was like 10 years or something. It was like a really big album and it was the album was um, lost. We don't know what we, we never knew what happened because it was at the house and suddenly it disappeared when I was like. 16 or 17
1: oh how strange
0: yeah it was, it was super strange yeah <laughs> i never understood that and like my mom always cries oh. and yeah it, that, it was like a, a family issue really the album mm-hmm. so um the pictures i have uh, a I. my Yeah, I have to start like a a journey trying to find the pictures. Mm. So I have to call my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents, like everyone and go to their houses and see like what they have. So I created my album from the pictures they all have of me. I created a new very small album I have right now. And and those pictures are the pictures I use for for the thesis because yeah I didn't have so much so the ones what I realized again is like okay I, we can do things with with what we have you know like it's like what 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 we don't have there's nothing to do right mm-hmm. but we can take advantage and use really well. Like the things, even if they are very little, apparently, but you can make something very beautiful of it. So that's why, why I uh, did around 15 printmakings with the 50 <laughs> pictures I <Yeah>. had <laughs> for, <laughs> for the thesis. And it was amazing because uh, what I realized was that um, this gave me like like I really wanted to reconnect with my family and because I went to their houses to check on their albums we had really nice conversations about all the stories so at the end it was perfect.
1: (laughs) Oh I love it like and what a wonderful project like not only for your kind of academic life but just your personal and family life, that reason to sit down and record the stories, I feel like, you know, we don't do that intentionally, hardly at all in in our contemporary Mm -hmm. world. And then, you know, sometimes you'll Mm -hmm. hear 20 years later, this incredible family story that makes... Everything fall into place, and you're like, "What? No one told me this." You know. (laughs) So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that's that's really a treasure. And you know, when my grandma passed away, my mother's Mm. mom, like three, like four years and a half ago, almost five years now, Mm. and she like, uh, I remember, like, having a meeting with my cousins, my aunts, with all the family, my my grandpa, after um, she passed away, and we had a meeting, and all of us hearing all the records that I have of her, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, That was amazing. That was amazing. What a gift. I was like, so, yeah, it's really a gift, and it's, her voice, her voice was really like, I don't know it's it's everything to me mm-hmm. and and it's a project that I started in university, but what I realize now is that it continues mm-hmm. is that it's it's only in the process, it's something that I want to continue with all the members of my family um, I, I don't really have like an, like something clear like of what I'm going to do maybe paintings, maybe p- sculptures, maybe yeah. I wanted to turn in what it needs to turn
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, technically um, but what I do know is that I still have my other three grandfathers my two grandfathers and yeah, one, yeah. my grandmom so uh, I'm really blessed to have them, and I wanna uh, have like continue having conversations with them because that's something that I made intentionally in my thesis. But that's something that comes from before. Yeah, like all our conversations, I'm I have always been like the kid interested in knowing people's stories.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I think that that's also such a gift to grandparents to have a grandchild who wants to hear the stories, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they want to tell yeah. them. And like, yeah, and it's important. Yeah. So so is this project kind of what sparked your interest in portraiture? Because the series that I saw in Miami was, was also a series of portraits and portraits of women. Um, was that just something that was always there? Or did this project with your family kind of plant the seeds for portraiture is storytelling. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it comes from, from always from since I was little, I remember, I think that that was like my first approach to beauty was my father's, uh, my, my parents. um How do you say they uh, Recursivity, I don't know how you say that in English, like when when you use what you have to create beauty mm-hmm. you know, just, yeah, you're just creative in anything. It's, it's a possibility for creating beauty. That's, that's, that was like my approach to beauty and to aesthetics and to, yeah. And then my approach to um, people's stories. I think it's something that I have had since I have memory. Like, I remember, like, traveling with them. We used to travel a lot and speaking to everyone. (laughs) Like, yeah, and, for example, if we went to a restaurant, I would sit with the owner
1: Uh (laughs) to school.
0: And, like, hey, and uh, what is your name? And... Why did you decide to make this restaurant? You should start like a
1: podcast that? is what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, my
0: oh, my God. I love it. I love, 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 too. Like, I always want to know, like, yeah, and so you guys have been together for how long? And do you love each other? <laughs> 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 Things like that, you know? So, yeah, I think I've always been interested, like, truly interested in pe- people's life, how people see life, how they feel. Like, that's something that really catches my attention. Mm-hmm. And at the end, what uh, everything I have done in all the projects, it's... Um, it's a result of that interest for for people for mm. for you know like uh, opening my understanding of yeah of humanity mm. of how and I also think art is very beautiful because through portraiture you can really invite people to look inside. Not only you you see them inside, but you invite them to the same and to. Re- to have uh, reflections and, and new, a new perspective or, or, or to rediscover who they really are. So, you know, I think that's my, my true passion mm. in art besides, besides uh, uh, yeah, and I think it complements very well with, with the aesthetics because at the end uh, the conversations if you listen very carefully, and if you really hear the people's voices and how they, they see them, they see themselves. That guides you to um, to create the piece. You know that's like the, the the guidance to to choose the elements that you're going to put in in the portrait to understand their colors even.
1: That's beautiful. And I, I think this is the perfect time to shift a little bit and start talking about the series that you're currently working on, the one that I got to see in person, which was really beautiful. Um, it's called Alive. And it's an intimate encounter with the unknown stories and lives of women that are social leaders of different regions of Colombia. And it's poor yeah. teacher, as we mentioned. But before we kind of um, get into the context of it, can you tell me about how it, came into being um what was your inspiration and and what made you feel like this needed to exist out in the world
0: when i started uh, a life or vivas in spanish mm-hmm. um it didn't have a name <laughs> <laughs> i just i just had like the the idea of portraying the amazing women mm-hmm. that that we have here in, in colombia um I've always been at um someone that admires the the stories of our women because and especially of leaders because being a leader in Colombia it's hard because it's it's dangerous to be honest being a leader it's not um safe and and yeah yeah sadly and i'm really sad to say this because i i absolutely love my country but a being being a leader here is it's not not uh, easy at all but being a woman leader it's even harder (laughs) yeah because you you get exposed to to so many things when you decide to do it and they still do it and they and they're wonderful so I grew up all my life knowing the stories of amazing women and and, and as I told you before my two my two grandmothers especially and of course my mom too
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think they are some of the most I think the most inspiring people in my life. They they are very strong women who had to uh, go to so many things for their times. My my grandma and my mom different times, but they have to deal with so many things in order to be someone to create what they create and and that's something that I really felt that I needed to um make honor to so with with the series the series is an honor to the women's of my life through the stories of women's of colombia and stories of leadership and and yeah it, it was just it's it's like the same that happened to me with with the series uh, of the fa- my family when I did the thesis, it's the same feeling. It's like, okay, I, I just, I simply need to do this. It's, mm-hmm. I think in my case, uh, and that's something super personal, but in my case, I feel like every time I do something, I do it because I have a need and I have something At the the end, I realized that I that I'm healing something inside myself and hopefully inviting someone's to uh, inviting some other people to do the same. Not only the the seeders or the um, um, main characters of the story, Mm -hmm. in this case, the women's, but also the audience, you know, And, and that's that's like my my I don't know. Like the happiness, the best thing I could get at the end, you know? So I think I did it to... To heal, to heal as a woman, to recognize myself in those women, and it was it was amazing because I I thought that I was going to empower them through through these series, and and they say I did, but I think they empowered me much more than I did, really, and they. Uh, and I was talking with my husband the other day, and I was telling him like after be after live or vivas, I feel like I can do anything oh, really, wonderful. because um, and I'm saying it like in a very um, hum- yeah in a very humble way No, like I can do whatever No, but like they this the strength the woman gave me. And their support, their love, how they take their project as their own, really um, strengthen me and and empower me. Like through art, and that was like the inspirations, like the the inspiration for me. So like every time, what I realize at the end is that every time I create something, it's it's the inspiration is the people that I'm sitting with, and they. It's like every time I realize more how co-creation, it's, it's what I love to do. Mm. And because I feel that my work is fulfilled mm-hmm. and it's, it's stronger and it's more beautiful and it's more powerful and everything because of the participation, the real participation and the love other people put into it. And at the end, it's just not only the work, but the process, what I care about more now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, (laughs) I love love (laughs) everything you just said about the the empowerment and, and meeting these women. And so you say that, you know, they're social leaders and they're doing what's really dangerous work um, of kind of, uh, you know, trying to create social change. And so you, uh, the actual series is, um, you know, uh, photographs is is sort of the base of it, these portraits that you took. Can you tell us a little bit about that actual process of the photography. And I mean, both the fact that it's the Van Dyke process, which is very esoteric uh, photography process, but then also, you know, you capture them in such beautiful ways, you know, like, you know, they look so confident and at ease. And I feel like that's not an easy thing to do when capturing someone's photo so maybe just the whole thing of of, do you you know you have these conversations and then you know how many photos do you take before you get one that you like and then of course Mm -hmm. the the actual van dyke process itself um what does that Mm -hmm. yeah go through
0: yeah okay yeah it's been a process um so it's been a project of i've been working in for three years so first, I, I met with them in the different regions. So the 31 women that I have portrayed so far, they're all from three different regions of Colombia. Uh, so I traveled there. Um, we met in group first like so 10 10 and 11 women in, in each of the sites and we talk for hours i made them so many questions first <laughs> in group which is great to meet in group because they you know when i i think it was very healing for for, for me and for them too because you know speaking with so many women and recognizing. Together, the beauty in each other. It's something that we should do more often. <laughs> yes. and, and yeah, and it was great. They enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. We have we we cry. We loved. We everything. So that was the pr- first part. And then um, after those conversations, those questions I asked them for uh, questions about their heritage their families their cultures their regions what they like what they don't their colors yeah so many questions and then um, I after that I sat with each each of them individually and we talk we continue a conversation like more deeply on things I wanted to know very specifically about each of them and yeah I think it's it's um, it was. Mostly observation. I really like to observe and feel the person and start to, by by our conversations, I could start to um, feel each of them, you know, feel like they're uh, very particular uh, characteristics. And then uh, after all they told me, we made the photography section. And then the photography section was very long <laughs> with each of them. and Because what I basically did in that section was to remember them, what they said about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so, so easy to forget who we are. And so it was like a uh yeah my intention was to uh, yeah to remember what what they say and and to for example if one of them was a, for example um an artisan who uh, made work with her hands and everything, and she said that the part of her body that she loves the most mm-hmm. is her hands. So we will work together to to show that, you know, to make it visible. Yeah, <laughs> because because people can guess it, and we just have one image. To, to, to make it visible, you know, not obvious, not obvious, but visible to, to make it like universal so that people in any part in the world, when they see it, they feel that she's an artisan and that she loves her hands Mm -hmm. and that she shows them with pride, you know? So that was, that was the process. It was hard. Yeah. But beautiful, like I, I really, I sweat also because we did it in some, yeah, some of these regions are very, very hot. Yeah. And, and I sweat, they sweat. Oh my God, that was great. And also th- we prepare everything. It was like uh, if we were, I don't know, at a contest or something, like we prepare Everything with so much detail, their clothes, their um, hairstyle, if they want to have accessories or not, if they feel good with makeup or not. And they took it very seriously. You can imagine. That was beautiful. That was one of the best surprises I have. Oh that's great. Like of them yeah of them showing up with like yeah I want to show myself to the, to the world and I want to be part of this story and I want to show my authentic me you know. So oh my god that was that was great. <laughs> so fun and we played music with each of them it, it was a whole process.
1: So how many um, actual photos did you take? Because oh, actually, maybe we should start with talking about the actual photo process, because you're not just snapping photos with your iPhone or even with like a digital camera. It's it's much yeah. more involved. So the, the Van Dyke process, can you explain the actual physical process, how you make the image? And then also, you know, why is it important to use this process in your practice?
0: Okay, okay.
1: Great. So... Yeah,
0: when I started the project, um, I knew that I wanted to make, to make everything very special. For, for them you know mm. and for them to realize how beautiful how important they are so I didn't want to make something easy yeah <laughs> like okay you know like okay yeah just stand there I'll take a picture mm-hmm. now so I, wa- I wanted to make it meaningful in every way and Bandic Brown was a technique I found that I felt that it, it could help in that purpose I have. So, um, yeah, I, I liked it because two reasons. One, uh, the colors of the Bandai Brown, they are brown mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're very earthy, earthy. So I felt that if we were talking about um, pride of where we are in nature and so I felt that that was a good palette to start with, like a good base color to start with the portraits. I really like that from Van Dyke. Yeah. And all in the second part was um, that when you do a Van Dyke or an antique photographic process alternative process, you are doing something unique you know like Mm. there's no copy like other so like I really wanted to do that for them and to explain and I did explain explain to them that we were going to do something unique in the world that we it doesn't have a copy you know it's yeah uh, and I wanted to I wanted it to last like to to make them feel like they are you know like royalty and like Mm -hmm. people in the past Mm -hmm. even like every person in the past they went to have they went to the photographer uh, or to the studio to take a picture and they only took one picture (laughs) Yeah. So, in, in a way, that's what I wanted to, to do. And that's what I decided to use that technique. And it was a challenge because I also wanted to do it like a real life uh, size van dyke. Mm-hmm. So, it's like 39 by 39 by 27 inches portraits or 100 by 70 centimeters portraits so that will make it even harder to produce yes. <laughs> but, but but we could make it we could make it happen and also the other part of the process is that i wanted to create a paper to print the van Dyke, yeah. and that paper uh, was um, so i created three papers one from each region, handmade papers with natural fibers of plants and fruits from Colombia that they choose. They choose the fibers, oh, so the, the group women of women. That they, yeah. They, was, it, was
1: it sort of plants <laughs> that they connected with? That were kind of like their their favorites uh-huh. from their region? Uh huh.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So they chose it. I could I couldn't make one paper for each because that would be even no, that would be impossible in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> like just just doing three papers was so enough hard. Yeah. Um, also because of the size. But um yeah, I so so it was double challenge to do the Van Dyke Brown in a big size. Uh, so we created with Jose, who's the person I've been working in all the um technician um, details of the project. We created a um, um, a big table to print uh, in this size, the the light table with UV light, mm-hmm. so it was it was a challenge. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, that's that's quite the process. Um, and I love what you're saying about how. it it imbues the images with this real specialness you know that it's they're unique and that they have this old world formality about them you know so for these women it's you know we're, we're so inundated with photography and pictures of ourselves and pictures of other people and Documenting every single element of our life—that photography has lost, in some ways, its mm-hmm. its glamour, right? Um, its I mean, glamour, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I take <laughs> I take about so forty cute. pictures of my dogs yeah. a day, you know, <laughs> if they're doing something <laughs> remotely cute. Um, and so, yeah, to, to go back to this historical process, it's like you're bringing that gravity back into the portraiture process, which is really wonderful. And so yeah. in the composition, so you've got these handmade papers, you're using actual fibers from the region that these women are from, and you've got the photo of them. And then also, it's not just them, right? They have other elements. They've got other kind of plants or kind of icons in the photo with them. Um, can mm-hmm. you tell me about what those are and and how you chose them or how you worked with the women to to pick their their yeah their iconography <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that was that was great because uh, you know those i re- i was really inspired by by these um for example the egyptian goddess you know that they have elements around
1: oh, uh-huh. and
0: they look very like pride i really like that so um, i want First of all, I wanted them to look like royalty, (laughs) you know, like they are. They are so important and they are uh, heroines and they are very like they give their lives. So if they give their lives for us and they even like how to say they um, risk their lives to be leaders for their communities and for us why? don't like what I thought is like how can I give them a little like thankfulness and something special back so that's why I decided like all the technique like that <laughs> very fancy <laughs> very you know like very royalty
1: yeah
0: and like they're goddesses. Uh, yeah. with the element yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah they they're very humble women that's what i found when when i talked to them like they they are amazing and that's mm-hmm. why they're leaders but at the same time why not remember them all the all the beauty they have you know so um, with the elements what they we we what we did is that i asked them for that to each of them like okay what elements represent you and why and for example uh, we could talk, talk about camila and um, she's like the youngest leader of the group la guajira and she shows uh cactus she picked a captu- cactus for, for her portrait because not only really because it's a very common plant in her area because she f- but because she feels like that plant because she's resilient res- resistance, she has so much resistance in the middle of um, struggles and it's like the cactus that you don't give them so much water and they, they're still alive. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so with each of them, all of the elements have uh, a special meaning for them. And, and also the colors they choose, they, they, they represent something. And it's, it's crazy because just by seeing them, I could start to feel their, their colors by them telling me I feel related to this color and it's I think it's something very in- intuitive mm-hmm. when I was doing the um, the compositions for each of them because for example in, in Catherine's portrait uh, I, I draw a um, in the in the sketch a flower in like in her pelvis and then when she's when I gave her the portrait, the copy of of her portrait, and she saw it in person, the original. And she said that that was so special for her because she's been through a healing process in that area of her body. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, it's so like I I don't even know why I did that, but I just felt it, you know. And and then I have so much connection with them in in different levels, in different areas. But yeah, it was crazy how the elements are not just elements but they really represent um a part of who they are and yeah even though it's it's a very specific moment of their lives when i portrayed it, them uh, i think it's it's something of them and there's something of them and there's something on me and it's that mist in in the mist that creates something very beautiful, you know, two women creating something together.
1: <laughs> I think you're right. That's one of the things that is so wonderful about art is when we connect with people and we move into this intuitive place together, like really amazing things can happen. And I yeah. like you were able to to absolutely um, connect with that and connect with that element of art making in this project. Mm-hmm. How yeah. how did you find these women? You know, I mean you knew uh what you wanted to do, but do you just, you know, Google, you know, strong, amazing social leaders Colombia? Like how did you how did you connect um and kind of bring people together and no. and you know build the trust for a project like this?
0: Wow, that that's the hardest part, really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I, like at this point I, I have no idea what is like the, the hardest <laughs> I just know we, we did it but um, yeah so what I did is like and I think it's that's what I do when I start every project in life not only in the art It's to see what I have around you know what I have around to create and I have really good friends <laughs> mm-hmm. and i started to tell them what i wanted to do to my friends my family the people i know around me like okay i want to do this project with wanna and they all started helping me <laughs> to oh, to yeah so for example a really close friend in in one of the regions, in the region it's called La Guajira, in the north of Colombia, in the desert. She lives there, she works there, and she, she works uh, in a very um, social organization, so she has access to many leaders there. So I told her about the idea, and she say like, okay, eh, what what exactly do you do you need? What is the profile of the woman? So eh, I told her, and I told the other people that helped me too that I wanted to portray a very diverse group of leaders. So it's interesting because there is no standard way or or uh, a specific way to be a leader you know you can be young you can be 18 years or you can be 90 years and you can be a leader you can have, have had no education or you can have be a doctor in something and and be a leader And I wanted to have a very wide group of leaders. So that was the first challenge, but we could find them. We could Mm -hmm. find them asking here. And so I chose three very diverse regions to also to, because I wanted to show the the beauty we have in Colombia is very diverse, like we have. All seasons, weathers. Oh my God, it's so, so beautiful. So I wanted, and I, I'm, I'm so in love with that. And I wanted to show that too. So uh, to show how, how it is to be a leader in the center of the country, in the mountains where it's cold and how it is to be a leader in the desert um, and being an indigenous or being an Afro-Colombian leader or being um, just, um, yeah, like a leader who is a peasant or lives in, near the sea, it's very different. And they all face different, uh, they all have to do different kinds of leadership also because of their lands and their territories and territory is something very important here in Colombia. Hmm. So, so yeah, so the group is very diverse. It wasn't really hard to find people here very collaborative and they were amazing with, with me to make it happen. And building the trust with them was something that I can say I have it now, like, they were really open, but it was a process that, that it took me time, of course, like in a relationship. But what one of them, I remember, uh, in the Guajira, Evelyn, she's a very strong woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when we met, uh, I introduced myself and I told her what I wanted to do and everything. And she just said uh, that what she wanted from me is that I kept the communication constantly, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I tell them what is the project in in every stage, that I keep them in count, you know, and that was the best advice, and that's what I've been doing, like, okay, girls, I'm going to do this exhibition here, We have this opportunity, I'm going to do this, and they have been so, so supportive with me. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it, I think it's, it's just keeping the communication with people because they, nobody wants to be part of something and then be forgotten, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I think about that, like, a lot with the, the podcast that I do, because I talk to one person a week. And I just am so thrilled about the work that they're doing. And then, and then I'm like, Oh, no, it's... And then they go away, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, I always, I always say, I want to stay yeah, in touch hard. with people because it's because you have these like really wonderful yeah. in depth connections through a project or through the act of making something and then if you don't like have an excuse or a reason to stay connected it's just so easy Mm -hmm. to just kind of go in and out of each other's lives but the bond that you must have forged with these women I'm sure was like really deep with the like intensive in-depth work that you were doing together
0: Yeah. yeah and of course it's like life I mean to be honest it's different with each of them. I mean, some of them call me like we talk like every week. Some of them we talk like through the chat every uh, month or more time or less. It, it's like it's 31 women, <laughs> you know? yeah, like, 31 persons. And so my, my connection with each of them is really different. But they all have been great and very supportive. Like and yeah. I I think I found a great group of women for for starring. And and yeah, like right now, I don't know what's going to happen if I'm going to portray more women or I don't know. Like, I have no idea. And yeah, so many questions, but that's our topic. Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, In in the time that we have left... um are there any projects that the women are doing that people could help with? You know, did they run foundations that we could donate to? Or, um, I know that you said the work isn't necessarily the safest to do. So I also understand if like, you can't like be like, so-and-so is doing this and here's her home address. Right. Um, but just in terms of, you know, people from the outside in who hear this, Mm -hmm. if they're moved, like what can we do to support the work that these incredible women are doing?
0: Wow, they they all have very different um, projects. Mm. Like um, as their fields of work are very diverse. For example, uh, okay, I'll, I will talk about some specific cases. For example, in Buenaventura, uh, there is Yolanda, and she is a woman who has been working for the childs and youth of children and youth of um, of her hometown for so, so many years. She's in her 60s now and um, she is running four different schools in some of the most dangerous and yeah, in hard places in, in her hometown. So um, I think if I'll say if people could have helped her like with um, knowledge for the schools or um. Can I say it like, um, yeah, she needs like a specialist in different areas to improve her, her schools, okay. you know, she, yeah. so for, so for example, she wants to, um, and make the the houses where the schools are better so in that case for example architects or people that know or that can help to to make better the place because they are not in the best conditions right now that will be super helpful yeah I could tell you about so many examples like for example in also in Sutatausa, there is a... Um, Susana and Luz Maria, they have a festival they have been doing like from scratch. To rec- they are artisans, and they have been working to uh, recover all the knowledge of artisans in the region. That's in the mountains in the cold place uh, called Sutatausa, um, and and they have been doing this festival from scratch. So I think. Many kinds of help will be awesome for them. For example, um, doing like more, uh, helping them to grow their sales because through what they sell, uh, when they sell the the crafts they do, the the people, the artisans that work with them do, they help them to to improve their their life. They work with so many women and that used to work before before and working as artisans they used to work in the uh, floral and um, uh, factories which is not the best word for health mm-hmm. so helping them to sell their uh, their the things they they create and um, with cheap hull, they create a uh, crafts and um, yeah, art, artisan pieces, very beautiful with who That will be super awesome. And it's, it's so many yeah. things. So what I will say is like, is like a, I have in my website. You, oh, okay. you guys can see like their, their story of each of them. So I think that will be super helpful because, of course, it, I'm I'm saying two examples, but each of them have very like different. Um, how to say like a very different. Areas of work that you can be interested in know and help and and helping doesn't necessarily needs money. You can donate time. You can reach out to them. You know, like I have had something really beautiful is that for some collectors of my work of, of the series, they have sent them beauty very beautiful messages oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I sent them to them and that's, that's something beautiful. Of, co- of course we can do so many more things and that's, I'll be so happy for that to happen. But even that has been beautiful. So in my website, I have their stories very short, like the the short stories of what, who they are, what what they do. So you can know each of them and, And I can happily contact anyone who wants to know them and contact you with them. I think they'll be happy.
1: So, uh, Manuela, how can people support this project and support the women and support getting their stories out there? Oh,
0: well, one of the things that I have created for keep the project going and to continue investing, traveling and continue telling their stories, it's um, that I created a series of prints, a limited series of prints. Fine art prints with the images of the originals. So it's a series of ten in three different sizes uh, that you can ask me for. And with this, um, with this, I I continue on on working on the project, on investing, and and also um, it's beautiful because. uh, Every time a collector has in his house or her house or their house one mm-hmm. of the prints, the they continue spreading the war and sharing also with the people they know the stories of the woman. So it's a way to continue sharing their stories and uh, also a part of of what I obtain with the with the prints. Uh, I've been using it to um, give to the woman a big um, pe- a big print of themselves so that they oh, have it yeah. in their house frame it uh, like a very big that that was one of the the things that I uh, that I do.
1: Beautiful and can people find that through your website? And um, in, in my website
0: right now, I'm, I'm working more on on the e-commerce, but like right now, um, in my website, you can find the images. And once you know what image you like, uh, you can write me on my Instagram or through the website. And I will send you all the information about shipping, about prices, and about the different options. It's it's beautiful because it's uh, very... Um, Beautiful print, very carefully made. I don't know, very affordable pricing. Three
1: different sizes. Wonderful. Well, I will definitely, um, as we said, <laughs> make sure that there's links to your website in the show notes. And so, aside from mm-hmm. your website, where can people find you? Do you have Instagram or Facebook that you want to keep up with?
0: Yeah, yeah, I have Instagram. It's Manuela Lara arts are easy, easy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Well, yeah 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 well thank you so much manuela for coming on and sharing your story and the work that you do um it's a really incredible project and i just really appreciate mm, you thank taking the you. time to, to talk to all of us about it
0: no thank you thank you for inviting me i'm so so happy to be able to talk to you and to share the stories of amazing
1: people if you like today's episode we have a patreon where you can help us keep the lights on and get bonus content like Shop Talk Shorts with our editor, Timothy Pauschak. He digs deep on materials, processes, and techniques with our guests. And if you've listened this far, you might be that special kind of print friend who would leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference in the podcasting world, and it helps lighten our hearts. And that's our show for this week. Join me again next week when my guest will be Robin Smith, founder of Print Day and May an international event in celebration of printmaking in all its forms, from lithographs to penguin footprints. We talk about the evolution of the event over the last 15 years, its surprising early connections to the Kentucky Derby, and some of the most rewarding things about taking place in a global project such as this. Not to mention, you'll learn the ways in which you can participate, and perhaps win prizes from the sponsors. You won't want to miss it. This episode, like all episodes, was written and produced by me, Miranda Metcalf with editing by Timothy Pauschak, and music by Joshua Weber. I'll see you next week.